Hello, and welcome back to the Secret Language Podcast. Uh, it's been a couple weeks. We've been awfully busy, so I apologize. But for this episode, we have something very, very special. Um, for those of you that don't know, my wife, Sarah, is a nurse. And for the past nine months, she has been working night shift on a med surge floor in a hospital. And she just recently got off of nights. Now she's working days and normal. Yay! <laughs> a normal nine to five job. And to celebrate her getting off nights, we sat ourselves down on the couch and for three days did nothing besides watch Harry Potter. And having done that, having finally completed my first Harry Potter marathon, I figured it would be fun for Sarah and I to get on and rank the Harry Potter movies from best to worst. Um, now, this is kind of interesting. This is going to be a different uh, Harry Potter movie list than maybe you've seen in the past. Um, because, for one thing, I'm I'm known as what you might call a movie snob. So I'm coming at this from maybe a little bit of a different perspective. And Sarah has never read the books. She has only ever seen the movies. So... Yeah, sorry. So you want to say hi? Yeah, you haven't said hi yet. You just kind of, like, interjected. Oh, okay. Hi. This is Jesse's wife, Sarah. <laughs> Long-time listeners of the pod will have heard Sarah at least once before, so... Yeah, this is only my second time. So, that's what I think we're going to do. We're going to run through from worst to first our uh, favorite... Well, maybe not favorite, but we think the worst to best uh, Harry Potter movies are. So, Sarah, I'll let you start. In the number eight spot, what would you say is the worst Harry Potter movie? Hmm, well, the reason why I didn't introduce myself was because I was busy uh, looking through my notes, because I actually prepared for this. Good. That'll help. So you said starting with the worst? Starting from the bottom. We don't want to start at the top. Okay. we got to save that for well, the Well, you already know what I think is the worst Harry Potter movie. Well, I'm not asking you. You're supposed to tell I me. I think the worst is obviously the fifth one, Order of the Phoenix, because I have a lot of reasons why. Okay. Well, I agree with you. I think on my list, Order of the Phoenix takes the bottom spot. Would you like to tell me why? <clears throat> Order of the Phoenix, the fifth one. Horrible, terrible... Gross. Okay, it wasn't actually that bad. But out of the eight movies, I would consider it the most bad. <laughs> Please edit that out. Um, I would say mostly because it is just kind of like, it just seems stagnant mm -hmm. to me. And then also Professor Umbridge is just like literally the worst character ever. And I just, ugh, I can't stand her. But I mean, I guess props to like, J.K. Rowling for being able to make a character that you just hate that much. But um, she definitely contributed to me not liking that movie. <laughs> just because she made my skin crawl. Literally. I'm yeah. just kidding. So and I, there's just there's just like no real development. Like, I don't see any real... I don't know. You go ahead. Um, I agree with you. I think Order of the Phoenix takes the last spot. Um. Now, as a person that has read the books, I dislike this because it has a lot of great potential that it did not live up to. The so, movie? Yes. So, Dolores Umbridge is the most despicable character in the entire series, mm -hmm. without a doubt. But Despite Voldemort. 
No, I think she's, I think it's like universally she's the most hated character. Oh, okay, yeah. I thought you um, meant like the most evil character and I was like, well, not the most evil, but definitely no. the most hated, yeah. Um, you get a lot of really neat stuff with her that the movie doesn't really get into. It's a lot of montages because it's like montages of her making roles and then, you know, Filch is just nailing them to the wall and then it's montages of Dumbledore's army and Harry Potter just teaching people stuff. Not a lot is actually happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that book is where you kind of get the beginning of Dumbledore versus the Ministry of Magic. And you get a lot of really great Dumbledore stuff that just kind of briefly gets gone over. Um, just had a lot of great source material that just didn't didn't live up to it. And yeah. it's just not a very well-made movie. Uh, it was the last time they transitioned directors to David Yates. Um Fortunately, he got better as the series went on. But So that he directed the rest of them from then on out? From four, okay. five, and both parts of seven. It was David Yates. Okay. Who did six? David Yates. Five, six, and two parts of seven. He did the last four. Gotcha. Okay. So, number seven. What do you say? What comes above Order of the Phoenix? Well, I already looked at your list, and we both agree on this one, too. Stop looking at my list. <laughs> so I put Chamber of Secrets. Now, I don't think it was a horrible movie. I just, it was honestly really hard to rate these because, I mean, I could easily watch all eight movies. It's just, there was a very clear last place for me and there was a very clear first place for me. And then all in between, I was like, uh, these are all very close together, you know? Yeah. So I would say second to last, it's not like I didn't like this movie. It was just like, I don't know. I put Chamber of Secrets, which I I still like. I still it's still an enjoyable movie, um, and I honestly kind of like the um, pompous character of Gilderoy Lockhart. Yes, Gilderoy Lockhart. I mean, he's just funny to watch, and he just stumbles throughout the whole movie, and it's just funny. But um, I put this as second to last only because like the subliminal message is very strong. With the whole like mudbloods and oh yeah, this pure, movie is about racism. yeah. It, it I mean it really is, and like it's not like I'm like oh well uh you know I didn't like how this movie was about racism. It's just like I wanted to watch a movie about like Harry Potter, you know, like I didn't want the strong message movie. I don't know if I'm wording that right. I don't think it was meant to yeah. be, but watching it at, at this age, yeah, it's like man, this is about being racist. And yeah, like and it almost kind of overshadowed the whole, like, yeah. like fantasy of Harry Potter. I don't know. Well, I mean, the character of Voldemort is pretty highly uh, modeled after, like, Hitler, Hitler yeah. which, you know, you get the whole Aryan bloodline thing. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where that's coming from. Yeah. But I agree. I would say that Chamber of Secrets, Secrets probably takes my seventh spot. Which is not um, a bad movie. Like, I still am able to I like it a lot. I really think that number one and number two can be put together because there's something about those two where the world feels like magic. Yeah. After that, they stop feeling so magical. Yeah. yeah. They stop, which, which is kind of funny because there's more magic in, in them after yeah. one and two, but the world, it just feels like there's that like childlike sense of, I was wonder. about to say almost like it capped the first two movies capture like the childlike sense of like Harry had no idea what there was even a magical world. Yeah, I, and then the first and second, it's like, 
the whole world is just open up to him. Yeah, I think I think those two are special for that reason. Um, well, and you told me that you really like the old Dumbledore. I did. I like the old Dumbledore. I think I think the new Dumbledore is great. I think they're yeah. both good, but I think uh, the new Dumbledore has like this sense of humor that like the first and second didn't have. Maybe it's just. Oh, I disagree. I think the really? first one's a lot funnier than the second one. Hmm. Oh no, I kind of like the second one better. Oh, I agree, but New Dumbledore is a lot more serious. No, I'm saying I like New Dumbledore better. Yeah. I, yeah. That's what I just said. I just said he's <laughs> he's less funny. He's more of a serious character. Okay. Not listening to me. No, I thought you said the second one, and I was like, the second movie or the second Dumbledore? Sorry, I was Dumbledore. It's new, new Dumbledore. Okay. Okay, oh. man. Welcome to our marriage. I think Chamber of Secrets just kind of falls maybe a little bit flat. I, I enjoy it quite a bit, so I don't know. I, I might have to... Well, and that's when you get really introduced to the whole Tom Riddle is Voldemort thing. Yeah. I, okay, so I think now looking at the rest of the list, looking at it back again, I do think this one... We need to move on, babe. I can take my sweet time. This is my podcast. Um, I think the second, I, yeah, it's a toss up between seven and six for me, but we'll move on. So next one up for me. Mm-hmm. So I guess in sixth place, I have Sorcerer's Stone. Really? Yeah. Why? Only because, it, and like I said, like none of these movies I really dislike except for the fifth one. Yeah. Like. And, like, all of them were so close together in between. So, like, I it really pained me to put Sorcerer's Stone 6, but, like, the other ones I have, like, actual really good reasons why I rated it higher. <laughs> so, like, I put Sorcerer's Stone because, as I have mentioned, it's a very, like, you get the childlike feeling from it, and it's very... In that one, there's, like, a lot of open-ended questions, which I probably wouldn't have had if I read the book. You wouldn't So... Have. The only reason why I feel like I rated it in sixth place is because I hadn't read the book yet. Because to me, I was like, there's so many open-ended questions. And then Jesse would look over at me and be like, no, it's because you haven't read the book. So I feel like that's the only reason why I rated it that's lower. I, when I think of Harry Potter, like the movies, I think of the first one. The Sorcerer's like, Stone. I think those are the most magical. I think there's just something really special about it. So I didn't put it in the sixth place. I put Goblet of Fire. In sixth. Whoa, what? Yeah, I did. I love Godfather. No, it's good, but it's like a detour. Yeah. You get, like, you take the 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 whole idea of number three. You get things getting much more serious. Mm-hmm. Literally, haha, serious black. Um. You kind of, you start understanding like the bigger story of. You know, Peter Pettigrew sold out Harry's parents, and he's actually the one i'm gonna talk about that later i'm gonna say it i want to say what i gotta say i think that you go from something really serious with number three and something again really serious in number five and the number four is just like here's a school tournament and it's just it's like this weird crazy detour from the other ones um that one also stood out to me because it's the most like teenagery of them all like all the characters have this like really long shaggy hair and there's like a I think punk, that's there's like a punk rock band in it with a musical number I think that's only the, because of Yule like Ball. the time it was made I don't think it, it's like a more like is that in the books though 
Or is that like just the no, time the movie was made? No, it's the time the movie was made. I think so too. And yeah. It, it takes away from your source material, and it. Okay, moving on. I just don't like it as much. Fight me. Moving on, I think. Fifth place. In fifth place, I put Deathly Hallows Part One. Hey, so did I. So I put yeah, movie. So that Deathly Hallows is the seventh book, but I put Part One in this yes. spot. So I put, I really liked how this shows how tight-knit Harry and his friends are. This is, this movie really shows that they are through thick and thin. Yeah. Um, and again, like, these are all so, rated so tightly together that, like, I don't know, from, it had been so long since I watched that movie that I forgot kind of what happens in it. And I feel like, Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the one where, like, you know, the Weasley's house gets set on fire, and you see Ron going out with Harry saying, like, what are you doing? Like, why are you leaving? Because Harry didn't want to jeopardize his friend's lives anymore, and Ron's like, I'm going with you. Yeah. And so was Hermione, too. So, like, you really see them pull together in more of an adult sense, Mm -hmm. instead of, like, I mean, even when they were kids, they were still went through things with him, but this is more like a... I'm willing to risk my life for you. Yeah. I like Deathly Hallows a lot. Well, and it sets up part two very well, so. It does. But I think with anything, here's here's your problem, is you tell the first half of the story. You've got, you know, you've got your traditional story arc, like the mm-hmm. one you've been seeing since like yeah. third grade. Yeah. You've got this rising action. And, and that's ends. that's where number that's where part one is. It's yeah. like here's the rising action. There's no re- resolution. Yeah. yeah, which which is fine. And it it was more character development to me. Yeah, and and, and it's yeah. important because if you tried to fit all of Deathly Hallows into one yeah, movie, there's, there's it no wouldn't way. work. Yeah. But I I still like it better than say like Infinity War and Endgame. I I don't like that two part movie because. Endgame just kind of undoes everything that happened in Infinity War. Yeah. They just kind of like take it all back. This is a proper part one, part yeah, two. Yeah, I think it which, is true. Which like all of us were knowing we were getting ourselves into that, so it wasn't like a disappointment. Yeah, I like it, but you're just you're only telling half of a story. So it's not their fault. It was done on purpose, but it's still only half of a story. So. Um, in fourth place. Yep. In fourth place, I put Half Blood Prince. Okay. So that is the sixth book. So I put this because, again, just very close together. Um, I didn't put anything negative about this movie. I just put, like, this movie specifically shows you, like, the insight into Severus Snape. And how, like... Also, this is, isn't this the one where you find out more about Voldemort's past? And, like, I put that you find out how, like, Voldemort started as, like, this orphanage, like, this creepy little orphan. Like, you get, you kind of get more of the, more of into the character of Voldemort and you see him more as, like, this broken human, which led to him wanting to be evil, which led to him being this weird snake human thing. (laughs) Instead of like, you see the human side first, instead of like the weird monster that he became. Yeah. And, um, I just put the only reason why I placed this, this high is because of the curiosity side of me. So more like, because you see more into Snape and you see more into Voldemort, which like, you know, in, in 
the seventh movies, you get more of insight into both of those characters. But then, you know, with Snape, it just blows you out of the water, which I'll talk about that later. But yeah, uh, in my in mine, I put Sorcerer's Stone next. Um, I love that movie, but it it is like twenty years old, and it's not that it's necessarily aged poorly, but a lot of the CGI looks like CGI. Yeah. It looks so great. <laughs> Um, again, I think it captures that childlike sense of wonder so mm-hmm. well. I mean, it's it's charming. It's cu- I mean, the kids are adorable, let's be honest. Um, that's part of what makes the movie so fun is watching the actors grow up. And the fact that they retained all the actors to continue playing the same characters, apart from Voldemort. I mean, apart from uh, Dumbledore. I mean, that's, that's pretty incredible. But I think... I think it's neat because that book was meant to kind of have a resolution before they knew that they were going to make more of them. Same with the movie. So like it had a sense of finality at the end Mm -hmm. that the other ones didn't have. Yeah, I guess you're kind of right. Like I didn't really think about that. Well, it's like anything like here's, they probably had about, I don't I could check the dates. I'm not going to, but there were probably a couple of the books out before the first movie got made. And Mm -hmm. if the movie bombs, they're not going to keep making them. So they kind of like, well, here's a nice, clean ending. And if we don't make another one, that's fine. This first one stands on its own. But it didn't. And it went really well, obviously. So. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Number three. Next? Dang, we're already to that. Can you flying through it? Um, okay, number three, I have Deathly Hallows. So that's the seventh, but this is part two. So... I, in my notes, I put, we get a better sense of Voldemort. I think this is the most we ever see of him in the movies. Because, because like, this is, like, Voldemort v. Harry. Like, this yeah. is, like, the end. Who is going to live? Who is going to die? And, like, instead of, like, this Harry Potter's going to Hogwarts and, like, there's danger all around him and then you see Voldemort at the end, it's, like, this is all Voldemort at the end, you know? So it's, like, the most we ever see of him. And, you know, I I remember when I watched this movie, remember when Harry's, like, he feels scared. That's, like, the first time that we ever, like, you know, sense that Voldemort's feeling a little, like, oh, I may lose, you know? And then um, you find out that his real fear is just of dying. And... You also see in this movie, like, Harry triumphing, all despite when, like, um, there's a lot of, um, I think it was in the first movie, or not the first movie, sorry, the first part of Seven, where he is, like, consistently saying, I'm not going to have my friends die for me. I'm not going to have my friends die for me. And then he goes and sacrifices himself and still ends up living, you know? Um, So I thought that was really cool. Um... And I, I almost I almost felt like in this movie it was like true light always over a power's darkness. That was like a theme. Yeah. Um and then I also put not to mention Snape in all caps, whoa, so powerful, and then I put in quote always. Always. Which I was like, that made me ball like a baby when that oh, yeah. happened. Like and I can't imagine how like how that was in the book. Like Seeing that in the movies was emotional enough, but, like, reading that and getting all the emotion from that, that must have been, like, 
Woo, I would have been bawling. Yeah. Um, when you find out Snape, sorry for those who don't know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when Snape, when you find out he has been watching over Harry, like, literally the entire time. And, Vol- or, and Dumbledore tells him, you know, asks Snape, after all this time, like, you've cared about Harry. And he just responds, always. I thought that was all in the sixth one. I don't think we got any more of that Snape after. No, it was it was the it was in part two because Voldemort kills him. Remember? And then it's like That's the right. flashback, yeah, 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 and it's yeah, 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 like whoa, yeah. like. But you find out Snape was bullied in the sixth one, and then you find out how he really cares for Lily, yeah, and like yeah, yeah. that was in the sixth one. But then in the seven part two is when he dies, and then he sees the memory yeah. that he like sheds is like, and he's like get a flask or whatever yeah. and that's when he finally and it's so sad because like you find all that out about snape and then he just dies you know like harry never got to yeah you know build a relationship with him or even like talk to snape about any of that so anyway that was really emotional <laughs> i had a lot to say about that one so <laughs> yeah clearly you got pretty excited about it well i did i wrote like this whole paragraph about how powerful it was yeah which uh, I, I honestly feel like if I could, I would have put Goblet of Fire as third and that one as second, now that I think about it, but what's done is done. I put that as third, so. Uh, in my third spot, I put the Half-Blood Prince. I knew um, you would place that higher than I would. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's... I think it's due to you reading the books, though. It is. Um, I think the sixth one is one of the more interesting books. Um and that's because you got a, you get a lot of really great Dumbledore. You get a lot of really great Professor Snape. Uh, I mean, I think number six is ultimately Snape's best. And, and, and he's one of my favorite characters. He's, he's a lovely gentleman. <laughs> I love how he's portrayed in the movie, so... Oh, Alan Rickman's fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I think... I mean, what a wonderful bloke. Um I love that one because you get a lot of really great interactions. You get this this rise of Voldemort, and Voldemort's becoming more of a mm-hmm. character. I think Ralph Fiennes as Voldemort's great. I love that casting choice. Um, you even get some really good Draco Malfoy stuff, mm-hmm. like which like the secretly like helping Harry out and stuff. Isn't that when he like spears him in the sixth one? When they're like Draco, look like is this him? Is that in the sixth one? No, that's in seven that's in part seven two. part two. Okay. Um, no, I, Why, I, we'll, see, I we'll keep, get to that. I keep no. linking these because like the whole snake thing is very similar. Yeah. No. Um. What I'm talking about is like, you know, Draco Malfoy is employed to kill Dumbledore, and you start to feel really bad for him because he, you can tell he's like, kind of, yeah. kind of half going at it. He's not really trying, and you can tell that he's conflicted about it, and you and you start to feel sympathetic for him because you realize that his parents have it's been driving like, his entire life. It's almost like driving him like mental. Like yeah, crazy. no, it's it's really it's really really neat stuff. Um, I like that. Yeah. We we've talked about this, but number six is unique because it is like really kind of horny. <laughs> um, like you you get the first on screen kiss in number five, which is like whoa, big deal. And then at number six, it's like love potions and people making out all over the place. It's just out of the blue, kind of horny, which is a little funny. But I love that story. 
Uh, I remember... I remember watching the sixth one and saying, uh, Mom, what is snogging? <laughs> I remember when and where it was that I had finished book number six. Um, because the book ends with Snape killing Dumbledore, and that's like the last page. Yeah. It, just, it just ends. Like, that's it. Whoa. You don't get so you, any so of the, you don't know. You don't yeah. get the closure. Yeah. You just get Snape killed Dumbledore, and like that—that that is it. Yeah. Um, it was like two in the morning. I was reading it at night, and I just could not put it down. And I got to that point. So I mean, that one's really—I think it might be the best ending. It might be one of the best stories of the like. It's top two in the books. Um, I love that movie. It's really great. Number two. Number two, I put Goblet of Fire, and I know you strongly disagree, but I liked Goblet of Fire because it kind of took you out of the whole Harry v. Dumbledore kind of, or Dumbledore. Voldemort. Oh my word, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not Dumbledore, Voldemort. Yeah. Um, it kind of took you out of that, and then it made me realize that, like, Hogwarts is not the only school of magic. Like, I kind of liked how it gave you, like, a sense of, like, this truly is a wizarding world, like... Magic is all around the world. It's not just in the, the, U- UK. the UK. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Like that it had that sense to it. It had that like vibe to it. Um, I don't know. I, I love the whole global aspect of magic in this. And then I also like the development of the characters because this is when they're 14. So they're kind of like in 13, they're kind of teenager, but not really. 14, I feel like, is when they are, like, actual teenagers, like what you said, like, with the whole shaggy hair and stuff. Oh, yeah. I just really loved, especially when, like, Ron went to the dance and, like, that horrible, yeah, and that horrible suit. That was hilarious to me. No. And then it's, it's like, the teenager angsty feelings the whole time. And I just thought that was hilarious. And um, you start to really see, like, Harry Potter's. Um, his character development is, like, this really... I mean, he's always been kind, but you really see that, like, in the games. Yeah. Like, when he chooses to save other people and the... um, When he's swimming out and, like, how he, like, won't leave Cedric when he brings him back. Like, you really see his character develop that way. Now, even though I rated it number six, I, I gotta agree with you. I think... All in all, four is probably the most entertaining movie. It really there's, is, and I honestly think that's why I placed it so high is because I didn't read the book. So like, yeah, there's not a dull moment in it. Like, there's yeah. some kind of dull moments in the others. That one is pretty constant motion. So that's why I think I rated it so high because yeah. I've only seen the movie. So obviously, like, I'm gonna rate that high. Yeah, and and I love Cedric Diggory. He's one of my favorite characters. Me too, which is another reason why. So, I mean, I I still love that movie. It's yeah. probably the most entertaining, just top to bottom. But yeah. Uh, in my second spot, I said Deathly Hallows Part 2. Mm-hmm. I was really stuck between it. Uh, I love Deathly Hallows Part 2, though. I, I, I mean, really, I rate that as three. I, I really think that one... I think that one has... It looks the best. Mm-hmm. Well, eh. Looks... Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. It, well, in the, year, in the year 2021, it looks... Very, very good. Mm-hmm. It, like, all the visual effects, everything looks great. It's um, so dark, but then it comes out so, so light. Like, the light just comes through. Yeah. It's it's enough to make a grown man cry. Yeah, I mean, for 
For sure. It's it's very touching. It's well, and so many people die. It's just it's well it's really just well done. I think all the performances are really great. Yeah. I love Ralph Fiennes. I love Alan Rickman. I love... Well, I love seeing like all of the characters all throughout like since Sorcerer's Stone. Yeah. Still seeing them in the eighth movie, you're like, whoa! They, these people have grown so much. Oh, it's so neat. Yeah. Um, now there's some stuff that does not get got that doesn't get gone over at all in mm-hmm. in either part one or part two of book seven that I don't want to tell you since you're going to read the books. I don't want to tell you because it's it's kind of crazy. It's kind of some wacky and weird stuff. But also, you need to put a spoiler alert for sure in front of this podcast. <laughs> spoiler we're alert! Talking about everything in all the movies. Um, but I mean, if you if you don't know this by now, you're lost. Yeah, I mean, come on. These are some These of the have been out highest forever. grossing film franchise of one of the highest of all time. Like, if you haven't seen these, it is your own fault. Yes. Um, yeah. Anyway, do you want to move on or do you have some more points? I, I think I have a little more. It's it's just a well-made movie. I really enjoy it. Um, it gives a lot of good finality to the ending. Like, it, it gives mm-hmm. you a lot of closure. Um, all the performances are good. It looks good. I think it's the most... Um, it gives the most fan service out of all of them. And the book was the same way. Like, this is J.K. Rowling. Like, this is my last chance to do anything with these characters. So I'm going, I want to give the people what they want. And so even though she kills off a lot of characters that people really love, there's also a lot of, like, fan service things. So it's sometimes I'm just like, oh, okay, all right. Like Hermione and Ron ending up together. And yeah, I, yeah. There, there's just a lot of stuff that you're just kind of like, yeah, that was that didn't need to be there, but yeah, cool, good for them. Um, moving on. Moving on, number one. Number one, we had the same, I, I believe. I oh, put yeah. I put Prisoner of Azkaban as my favorite because I honestly, not until we watched these recently, did I like this the most because I had Goblet of Fire as first. But then once we rewatched all of them, I was like, I really, I, I moved it to Prisoner of Azkaban only because I wrote a lot of notes. So I said, I love this movie for many reasons, um, primarily because we meet Sirius Black, because I love his character. I love Sirius Black. Um, the whole time you think he's a murderer, and this happens a lot in the Harry Potter series, where like, the whole time you think someone or a character or like, an instance is this way, and then once you get to the end, it's the exact opposite. You know, yeah, they do and it like, to Snape. Yeah, like every they, single they, book. yeah, they do it to him. They do, and that's like the long game too. Like that's not just the movie. That's like, well, they seven do. It, they do it in the first one. You, you so, think Snape's the bad guy the whole time, and it's Professor Quirrell. Yeah, so I mean, the whole time you think that Sirius Black's a murderer, and then you see him as, at the end of the movie, you see him as like the strongest man, because he survived. Like, so I've much done my waiting. Life. Twelve years of it! In Azkaban, yes. In Azkaban! Anyway, um... You have to be a strong person to get past those Dementors and all that. And, like, he lived basically to avenge Harry. To avenge... James and Lily. Yeah, to avenge his parents. And, like, I'm sure that's what kept him going, like, while he was in prison. But, like, just that feeling of revenge... And he becomes this beloved character. You find out he's Harry's godfather. And then, okay, going on to another point. I also love this movie. Um, We see the Time Turner, Mm -hmm. which is really cool because um, it 
made me as a fan feel so good that they can actually save Buckbeak and save I'm sorry, it's just I love it. They got to save this sweet little animal. They also got to save um Oh my goodness. You also got to see who the real traitor was, which is Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. This gross little rat guy. Um <laughs> And they picked the best actor for that. Like, who he's, a great, he's a great Literally actor. looks like a rat. Like, yeah, and great actor. you also see how Remus Lupin is a werewolf. And then, like, it's, it's all over just great. Like, and just the overall development of the characters. Like, it just gets so much more adult very quick. Like, how we were talking about... One and two are kind of like the same aspect. Like thirteen is a whole different. Like it's a it's a it is like and yeah, like I said, like I think it was the main mainly like finding out who the real betrayer was, and then you finally get someone from Harry's family. Like Sirius Black is Harry's family, so you get that sense of like Harry is loved by and and actually has like a real family member alive, and then you get the character development from all three of the characters. And then, I don't know, it was just, it's all around good for me. I agree. So, I'm not really sure if this one's better than Deathly Hallows Part 2. I'm saying it is. Yeah. And this is my own personal bias. I think Prisoner of Azkaban is, it's my favorite book. It's my favorite piece of Harry Potter or anything. Mm -hmm. I love this story. Can I Um, say one more thing too? Please do. So, you also get to meet, like, you know, Professor Lupin and, like, all of them, like, and I already met, I already kind of said that, but, like, all of those characters, they stick with Harry until, like, the very end. Seven part two. Except for Sirius, he dies. Well, yeah, but, like, it's, well, you actually see him in seven part two when, like, he's, when he's going up against Voldemort and stuff. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but, like, you see that as, like, all those characters, his his parents like kind of live through them. Yeah. And you kind of get to know more about Harry's parents and like what they stood for and like how they like why they died more so because you see those this is like your first glimpse into those characters and for Prisoner of Asman. Um, I love this story. Um, it's my favorite time travel movie, for one thing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Uh, I love it because, for one thing, like you said, I love how you build up this character you think is the bad guy, mm-hmm. and you get all this build this whole time. You get you get Harry dealing with the Dementors, and he's growing so much, and then he's like, "I'm going to go kill Sirius Black. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm going to kill him." And you get this whole big mm-hmm. thing with it all comes to to a head at the Shrieking Shack. Yeah, and it all goes down there. And, and, you know, Ron's there. He's like, oh, no, Sirius Black's behind you. And there he is. And then Lupin busts in. He's like, haha, we're on the same team. You think, Lupin's a bad guy? No way. And then, like, everything just Mm. completely comes undone. Lupin's a good... You think Lupin's a bad guy? No, actually, Sirius Black is a good guy. And they're on the same team. And and your rat, Ron Scabbers, is a person. <laughs> I know. And like all this, it all just yeah, it comes undone. And, you, and everything you think is real isn't. Um, even Snape, there's a great moment of Snape in that very. Soon yeah, after. you pointed that out to me, and I had never really. Fixing to say. Yeah. 
Um, it's after they leave the Shrieking Shack, um, you know, they're, they're bringing Peter Pettigrew into Hogwarts Castle. And Full Moon's out, and Remus Lupin's fixing to turn to a werewolf. And as he as he transforms, you know, he's starting to get a little testy, a little violent. Um, Snape stands there, stands in front of Harry, Ron, and Hermione, and puts his arms around them like he's protecting them. Mm-hmm. And like it seems really, really subtle, but knowing what you know going forward, that is like that's, a really yeah, that's, that's like a, the first like it's a great Snape moment. Yeah, um, I love the whole time travel bit because it just. It's really well told. It's pretty airtight. Like, a lot of time travel things, you can look at and be like, yeah, but why didn't you just do that? Like, that one's... It's it's really well told. Um, I think cinematically, this movie is really unique. It is it is the most unique of all of them. Like, mm-hmm. the, the camera is constantly moving. There's not a static shot in the movie, it seems like. The camera is always moving around the characters or through walls and, and like down them like it's a lot of really neat shots um i think it is the most special uh from just a filmmaking standpoint it is my least favorite ending of all of the movies i'm not yeah i know i didn't it love is the my still least shot. favorite ending. yeah um, I, I didn't love that i love all of the, especially like the first two you got, you get you get hedwig's theme and this this like wide shot of Hogwarts castle. I love Hedwig's theme. I think it's great. It's a perfect way to end those movies. And then mm. number three is like, ah, yes, we're a very special movie. It looks different. It's a great story. And the movie's going to end with like a freeze frame, a Harry oh, flying I hate that. on a broom. No, it's, it's him on, oh, it's on it's the fire on a broom. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. I forgot about and that. And it's Sorry. like, Oh, come yeah. on. Like, that's so dumb. Yeah, that was just, like, ultimately cheesy to me. Yeah, I just I just like that. That was the only but... part that I didn't like about it. Do you have any overall thoughts on the movies? I mean, I, th- I think you, you see them change. I think starting I think... at number three becomes the... the when, it, when all the characters become very, very pale and washed out. Like, <laughs> that is where pale Harry yeah. Potter starts. And everyone looks... I think looks... five is, like... The palest Harry Potter. Yeah, but at that, it's at three where they really start like switching up the contrast yeah. a lot. Like a lot of really darks, and everyone looks really, really, really white. Four, they don't really look that pale. Not as me. bad. But no, but five, they went back to the super pale, and I was like, whoa. But, five to the end, definitely. Um. Anyway, it just watching the movies made me really excited to start reading the books because I know it's going to mean a lot when I start doing that. I think the cast is fantastic. Yeah. Beginning to end. I think so too. I mean that that's inc- it's it's nothing short of a miracle that they managed to keep pretty much the entire keep cast. Keep all of it like. And they were all for, so good. Yeah, they're so all long. super good. I think the only one they really changed was Dumbledore. Yeah. 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 I mean it's it's fantastic. Um, it's it's neat that Daniel Radcliffe has I continued mean, to have a career. Yeah, I mean, and even down to like the minor characters like Dean and Seamus, like they were all and like crap. Eh. Crab and Goyle changed, didn't they? There's one movie where Crab is not the same character. Yeah. And then he comes back. Like, there's one movie where he he's just back. Yeah. not there. Yeah. And he's a different dude. But, yeah. But, I mean, for, even, like, the minor characters were, like, They kept the everyone same. for so yeah. long. Um, Which was awesome, because, like, that continuity means everything to the fans. Yeah, uh, it's so wonderful. I mean, yeah. it's, it's neat to see that Daniel Radcliffe has had a career afterwards. Mm-hmm. Emma Watson's had a little bit of a career. She has, yeah. 
I mean, heck, she was Belle in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, kind of a big deal. A big deal, yeah. yeah. So, I I enjoyed watching this series with you, just watching them all in like three days. Yeah, me so too. I, that's why it was a good that. idea. Yeah, it was all you. Anyway, thanks for having me on your podcast. Of course. We'll have to do a cinephile survey with you eventually. We talk broad swath movies, not yeah. just Harry Potter. Cool. Love you. I love you. Um, closing stuff, like I usually do. Uh, the best movie I watched this week. I haven't seen a lot of great movies this week. We did go see Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Venom 2. Um, it's not that good. It's like a 5 out of 10. Yeah, it was alright, but it was what I expected, though. Like, there were a couple things that were funny and whatnot. Yeah, it wasn't worse than I expected it to be. I didn't expect it to be very good, so it wasn't let down. Uh, but... I saw that. That was kind of neat. I'm very excited. Very, very excited. Because next week, a week from Tuesday, Dune comes out. I've been waiting so long for that movie. Uh, I read the book in preparation for it, and then it got pushed back. Um, So I'm very excited for that. There's a lot of movies coming out very soon that are hitting theaters, and I'm very excited to go see. So that's very, very exciting. Um, it's been a couple weeks since I've done the podcast. Watford have played three Premier League matches since then. Uh, two weeks ago, they played Norwich City, uh, the worst team in the league, a team they, a game they absolutely had to win. Uh, and they did, 3-1. It was great, super exciting game to watch. Uh, last week, they played Newcastle United. Uh, honestly, I, I'm okay with the result. We ended up drawing 1-1. Uh, the thing about a draw is that one team wins the draw, and one team loses the draw. Uh, Watford won the draw. We should have lost that game way worse than 1-1. Um, but ultimately, I'm really thrilled that we ended up with a point out of it. Like, I'll, I'll take it. We needed it. Newcastle's a struggling team, so we got to keep them down. Um, and then this week, there was a 1-0 loss at Leeds. I haven't got to watch the match yet. But unfortunately, at that point... Head coach Cisco Munoz has stepped down from the club, um, and I'm not happy about that at all. I'm I'm very disappointed that the coach has left because we have a very very challenging slate of games coming up, and I don't I don't think it's fair that they they sacked the coach, especially with what we've got coming up here in the future. Um, it's not fair to throw a new coach in because this week we play Liverpool. And then after that, Everton, and then Southampton, which is not all that great. Southampton's not that great. But then it's Arsenal and Man United. So four of our next five games are some of the best teams in the league. We're just going to be throwing our new coach out there. Um, I don't think that's the way to handle it. I'm, I'm disappointed. But what can you do? I'm unfortunately not the owner, so I can't make those decisions. So I think that's about all I got. Thank you guys for listening to this show. Uh, I think there's going to be some pretty fun stuff coming up here in the future. A lot of good stuff to talk about. So uh, be tuned in for that. Um, if you love the show, share it with someone you love. If you hate it, share it with someone you hate. And until next week, Heritage, you put your name in the goblet of fire. <laughs>